Welcome to Under the Ring Pro Wrestling Conversations. My name is Phil Strum. So happy you've joined me today. My guest today is one of the most decorated and most celebrated champions in the modern history of pro wrestling. Former multiple-time champion across many brands and many companies. It's the Samoan submission machine, Samoa Joe. Joe is currently the Ring of Honor World TV Champion. Ring of Honor has its Death Before Dishonor pay-per-view event in Trenton, New Jersey on Friday, July 21st. Samoa Joe is a huge part of the history of many companies, but his long title reign in ROH is remembered fondly, as is his long run in TNA and Impact Wrestling, and also really his three reigns as NXT Champion in WWE. I last interviewed Samoa Joe on May 17th, 2008, when he had recently won the TNA World Championship for the first time. It's exciting to steal Kurt Angle. Lots happened since then. So um, here we go with my interview right now with Samoa Joe. The champ is here. Honored to be joined by the king of television, the Ring of Honor World Television Champion, Samoa Joe, here on Under the Ring Pro Wrestling Conversations. Joe, so glad you're joining me today. Oh, it's good to be here. Uh, how you doing? Very, very good. Uh, so let's start with what you've got going on right now. You've uh, you've just rekindled your rivalry with CM Punk uh, in a trios match and in the semifinals of the Owen Hart tournament um, and the aftermath of the Owen Hart tournament, too. What's it like to relive something that was such a big part of your early career? I mean, you know, really, it's to be expected. I found that, uh, you know, throughout my career, uh, the, the same cast of characters seem to have their head pop up. And, uh, you know, Punk is definitely within that realm of those cast of characters. So to uh, see us back in the ring against each other one more time, it's, uh, it's no big surprise. What's it like from that period of time? And I don't know if you've heard it from anybody, you know, in the, in the modern times now. What, like knowing that you had a body of work that influenced like a generation of wrestling what what is that kind of like the, to look back at now uh i'm glad you know um you know really my my uh my goals and, and what I hope to achieve in the ring really have to do with, you know, the impact I leave with fans. If uh, they've enjoyed themselves after, you know, watching me perform and do what I do. So, um, you know, to see that, um, that work went on to help inspire, you know, a, a, a newer generation of grapplers to get into the ring and apply their trade and do what they do. Um, you know, that's a, it's an awesome, unexpected kind of, uh, side effect of, of what I've done with my work. So it's, uh, it's pretty cool. Like you don't really expect that's going to happen that you'd be, you know, have any influence on anybody making any decisions or, you know, pursuing this as a career. But, um, yeah, anytime you hear it, it's, it's a little surreal and cool. How have you both changed and what was kind of the same since the last time you guys uh, were in the ring together? I just experience. I mean, just a well, you know, a treasure trove and a wealth of experience, uh, from when we, you know, first locked up, we were very new in the industry, you know, uh, still very much, uh, a journeyman learning. You never stop learning, but at the same time, uh, we definitely knew a hell of a lot less back then. So you're now the ring of honor television champion. You're front and center on the poster for death before dishonor coming to Trenton on July 21st. How do you, how did you feel to see ROH back shortly after you were back in AEW? And what's kind of your thoughts on this version of Ring of Honor? Uh, you know, much like, you know, you alluded to earlier, I think Ring of Honor has has, has had a tremendous impact and influence on the industry as a whole. You know, when you look, uh, especially throughout the past few decades at, you know, the, the, the top stars in this industry, you'll find that many of them, you know, grace the Ring of Ring of Honor and to, uh, you know, help it make this next evolution to, uh, you know, build it back up as a place for new talent to kind of make their stake in the world um, and to be a part of that. It's a, it's a very, very fun process for me. When you look back at the old Ring of Honor, what 
Samoa Joe matches come to your mind? Maybe what matches of some other people, you know, pop into your mind as, uh, as kind of those seminal moments, I guess. Uh, yeah, I, I leave that stuff up to people, man. You know, like, I think declaring your own seminal moments, uh, if you're doing that, uh, it's probably not that great of a moment. Uh, you know, uh, I think the people out there who were, especially the, the you know the hardcore fan base that we had at Ringwater at the time, who were following us, you know, via DVD, uh, which seems so archaic now. Um, you know, they, they they know what those moments are, and I think they understand that. Um, as far as like other guys, you know, um, you know, there's just so many great matches, so many people that came into their own. You know, Generation Next, all those guys, and it was just a really awesome group that came together. Um, you know, Homicide, I think, is a very much an, an unsung hero of Ring of Honor. I think it's somebody, you know, he's a guy who brought it every night, main evented a lot of shows for the company. And, um, you know, his legacy it was very important, especially for, you know, uh, his connection to a lot of the Northeast wrestlers who, you know, he helped foster and bring into the company. The first time I ever saw you live uh, was at the At Our Best show in Elizabeth, New Jersey, in the steel cage match against Jay Briscoe, which I had the uh, chance to bring up to him, actually, before they had the ROH show at uh, Madison Square Garden, the thing with New Japan, back when they did that show. And he, his comment of it was, well, that was very colorful. Uh, what, do you, what do you remember about, the, about that particular night? Yeah, it definitely was colorful. And it was a, you know, it was just was an interesting match with a very special performer. Uh, and, you know, just the night was right. The, the, you know, how everything kind of set up and, you know, even some really weird unexpected mishaps, uh, uh, like the cage breaking uh, off the, 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 the uh, face wash and, uh, you know, him making a quick scramble right there. I mean, that's just, there was so much of that match that, um, was chaotic and not really supposed to happen and so much that uh you know came off perfectly that um i I look back on it fondly you know it was uh kind of the epitome of a blood and guts feud and uh if anybody saw uh uh (laughs) what jay looked like that night uh there's plenty of blood to go around yeah and it's it's crazy to look back at those cards and just see like we we talked about a little bit of the influence of ring of honor and just that you know just just the people on that card i think it was cm punk against uh aj styles with ricky steamboat as the referee that night man you know so many names on that card up and down and even some of those shows when they had the pre-shows beforehand you'd still find people that were still around pro i remember seeing matt sidell and delirious on a on a opening match on one of those elizabeth shows back then too is it was it the style itself in ring of honor is it the people within it that kind of have held up this brand because i feel like this brand sort of kind of holds time a little bit better than some others you know when you look back on them uh when you come to ring of honor i think it's really um it, it was the the situation that kind of spawned it that really was kind of responsible for the performers. And it basically was, you know, at the time, you know, WCW had closed down ECW. Uh, if it hadn't have closed down by then was, was very much on its last legs. And there wasn't many places for people to apply their trade outside of, you know, WWE. So, um, you know, ring of honor became kind of a collecting point for a lot of talent who didn't fit at the time, especially that, that WWE mold. And it was a place where guys could, you know, have an audience and, and develop a character and, you know, and become, uh, somewhat of a star outside of, you know, those traditional bounds. And I think that's really, especially early on with all the, the talent that was there was, you know, the real driving force behind the company and why, um, you know, so many talented rappers found their way there because it really 
wasn't many other places to go. I mean, Japan at the time um, was very much, you know, kind of the business was receding and there was a lot of split off and a lot of companies. But um, I can definitely tell you the, uh, the the paydays probably weren't as good as when I started in Japan. So um, it was just kind of a, a financially harsh time for a lot of uh, independent wrestlers in the industry. So, um, yeah, Ring of Honor kind of provided that, you know, safe harbor where you could uh, get over and, you know, get back into the business and make your name. Is it frustrating a bit that that original Ring of Honor didn't maybe reach the mainstream interest level, you know, for what it was, just for how good it was? No, because, you know, like I said, the, the fan base at the time was so passionate. And it was, you know, and it, like, granted, it, it had a, you know, a niche appeal. It wasn't as, you know, nationally known. But, you know, uh, I think I think with Ring of Honor, the strength was, you know, you can have a couple thousand people in that building just going crazy, you know, or even, you know, maybe just just under a thousand. And, you know, the place would be rocking as opposed to trying to, you know, pack out a stadium with, you know, maybe casual fans. And, um, you know, that, that worked for the size they were at and where they were at the time. But like all things in business, you know, the, the business must grow or it's going to die. So, um, you know, there, there was always growing pains down the road, but to see it still, uh, you know, surviving in, in, in this incarnation today is, uh, it's pretty incredible. I, I wonder too, if the modern fan can even kind of understand what that ring of honor was, you know, when they, when they see what uh, wrestling looks like now, I'm, you know, I'm not too hung up on that yeah. because, you know, you got to realize, you know, the modern fan isn't, is, you know, essentially what you're saying is a new fan. And, you know, you can't expect new fans to know all the history and to know everything. What you hope is that you can, you know, get them interest, interested with the current wrestling today and maybe have them look back and do a little bit of discovery. You know, I think, uh, uh, you know, kind of saying, oh, fans just don't understand what it was like. I mean, no, because nobody was there. You know, you really had to be in those buildings. It wasn't a televised product. It wasn't a YouTube product. It wasn't streamed. You know, you had to wait for uh, DVDs to release. And, um, you know, you talked about it on message boards uh, for, you know, a few weeks or even months at a time before you ever actually got to lay your eyes on the show. So it was just a very different time and a very different media model. And as, you know, we've seen in these past three decades, just the, the entire media model has flipped on its head and it's very, very different from then now. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I'm not too hung up on that. You know, I, I just hope people, uh, you know, tune in if they enjoy what they see and they want to see more, they can delve into the history and find even more enjoyment. Yeah, that was one of the things I thought was cool about the way that AEW presented your match with Punk was they had the whole history package, you know, surrounding it. If people want to go, obviously it's on their platform, Honor Club mm-hmm. also, so it makes sense to show people that. But mm-hmm. just to be able to show people the differences between then and now, and even even some of your promos, it seemed like, you know, that could have been today if you if you, if you wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know you and uh, Zach Saber Jr. have uh, had some uh, interaction on the uh, on the Ring of Honor Honor Club uh, show. He's kind of uh, you know maybe getting together at some point, uh, and I think everyone who watches would enjoy that greatly. What does he do that makes him an intriguing matchup for you? And what would Samoa Joe versus Zach Saber be like? You know, Zach Saber. You know, he's 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 stylistically he's very very unique. You know, and, and, uh, you know, people like to, I think, say, oh, well, he uses like an older style. No, he uses a very modern style that just has a lot of, you know, old, old and sensibilities to it. And, uh, uh, yeah, he's, uh, you know, he's just a tremendous athlete. He's very, very, very entertaining, very, very skilled at what he does. And, um, you know, sometimes you need that, uh, that kind of, uh, contrast and styles, you know, styles make fights. And I think, uh, you know, uh, somewhere down the line, me and Zach would be a very, very interesting one. Stylistic, you know, thinking about styles with you, though, you work 
well with basically everyone you know I can think of. You had one of my favorite Kurt Angle matches. You had probably my favorite Brock Lesnar match. What what's kind of your secret? What's kind of your approach to being able to sort of match anybody in just about any style you can work in? Uh, I mean, people want to see a fight, so we go in there and we get into a fight, and I think that's really the gist of what I do. You know. Um, I don't try to make it pretty. I don't try to make it uh, very, very uh, um, artistic and eloquent. You know, I try to go on there and smash somebody's face and uh, show everybody I have every intention of doing so. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, uh, by reciprocation, my opponent starts to kind of match that energy. And, uh, you know, the, the matches turn out to be what they be. Do you still train in a lot of different disciplines, too? Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, obviously you got to stay in shape. Uh and uh, honestly, martial arts at this point in my life and my career is probably one of the best ways to do so. Um, you know, uh, much more friendly in certain aspects of my joints and some other aspects, not so much. But, um, you know, it definitely uh, helps to, to, you know, stay pretty crisp, uh, get some rounds, kickboxing, get some rounds on the ground and, and uh, you know, make sure your entire body understands uh, what's expected of it week after week. I was curious with the uh, the title match at uh, the Death Before Dishonor pay per view announced as uh, Claudio Castagnoli versus Mark Briscoe. How you would break down that match? Uh, you're probably very familiar with both wrestlers. Uh, very familiar, you know, and, and you know, essentially, you know, it's it's the Terminator against uh, you know the uh, the uh, the somewhat. Uh, uh, unpenetrable Mark Briscoe. I mean, he's, uh, you know, Claudio is incredibly dangerous. I mean, his skill levels off the charts, uh, and, uh, probably one of the greatest athletes in the industry period. And I don't think many people would disagree with you pound for pound. Uh, one of the strongest dudes I've ever met. And, uh, you know, just uh, every bit, the grappler that is, that he is as advertised. And, you know, uh, you know, Briscoes are, uh, they're bred one way and it's crazy and, uh, and, all, and <laughs> full speed ahead at all times. And, uh, I think Mark uh, definitely exemplifies that. What, what did the uh, TV title match with Mark that you had uh, mean to you? It meant a lot. You know, uh, the Briscoes have been stalwarts in Ring of Honor. You know, when you, when you talk about the legacy of Ring of Honor and guys who held down the company for longer than almost anybody, um, you know, whose blood, sweat, tears, heart, we're invested in the company. You know, you think of the Briscoe brothers and, uh, you know, with Jay not being here and Mark Karen on the legacy and uh, probably being one of the bravest individuals I've ever met in my life and doing so uh, with no hesitation and, you know, full speed ahead as his brother would have wanted. Um, you know, it, it speaks a lot to their legacy and the men that they are. What has made uh, AEW and Ring of Honor a, a good stop for you at this point in your career? You had some kind of strange endings in WWE, just, I think, unexpected for some people that uh, th that you ended up leaving there. But what makes AEW and Ring of Honor such a good choice for you at this at this stage? Uh, you know, there's a place for me to uh, apply my skill and my talents, and I think that is the greatest opportunity one can hope for. You know, um, I think a lot of people like to make a big to-do about um, – you know, uh, where you're working or what happened, where and when. But I found uh, I've never quite fallen off the tree. I've always seemed to land on my feet decently well. And uh, AEW has provided me a great place to uh, continue doing what I'm doing and entertaining fans. And uh, that's really all you can ask for, especially uh, for someone like me. And it's great to see you back in the ring yet again. But I will say that I thought you were awesome on commentary and kind of a breath of fresh air when you were doing that. Uh, what what was kind of your approach to that? Uh, having not really done it, I don't think a whole lot before. Um, and is it something you would think of doing after your uh, in ring career is over? 
Um, you know, as far as commentary, um, you know, it was a very, uh, you know, somewhat unexpected kind of a little stint there. But at the same time, you know, I, I knew very little about it. I'm not a traditionally trained broadcaster. So uh, it was just a lot of listening on the job training and kind of figuring out the lay of the land and how things go. And, uh, you know, you don't get much time to do that, especially in WWE. But, uh, you know, luckily um, we had that opportunity and uh, it was fun. It was fun when I did it. Uh, you know, it's 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 enjoyable to uh, be able to be part of the the, uh, the storytelling, especially for a lot of your uh, contemporaries who uh, you respect greatly and you want to see them do well. So, um yeah, it was just a really fun opportunity, and I, and I enjoyed it. And uh, is it in my future? I don't know. Uh, I've stopped trying to predict my future. It's gone so chaotic and crazy. But well, um, I just am kind of riding the wave. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I, I think it should be personally, just because it's like I really enjoyed listening to you. And heck, you've already called a, uh, a WrestleMania and one with a uh, rain delay, which is uh, <laughs> you, you rocked a poncho uh, very mm-hmm. impressively uh, <laughs> on that occasion. So, uh, congratulations on that stuff too. I really, uh, it, it was nice to see. Uh, so, what can you tell me about uh, Twisted Metal and uh, Sweet Tooth and the uh, series that you have coming up on Peacock? So we premiered July 27th uh, on Peacock. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to people getting to see it. I think it's a really fun show, uh, a really fun watch. Uh, and, um, you know, basically it uh, kind of chronicles takes from the uh, play, original PlayStation game. Uh, I play Needles Kane, a.k.a. Sweet Tooth, a psychopathic clown who drives a weapon-laden ice cream truck and murders my way across America. So, uh yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a weird pitch, but uh, if you're in for a little bit of dark comedy fun, uh, please, please, please tune in. So you were, you were the physical body of the guy, and it's Indeed. somebody else doing the voice? Yes, Will Arnett. Will Arnett. So um, what, what is it like being something totally different than Samoa Joe? Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a fantastic experience. You know, I was very, very fortunate. Um, you know, the, both the cast and crew were awesome and, um, made my transition into noodles cane, uh, very, very easy. Um, and it's just, it, it was a lot of fun. You know, it's very fun to inhabit uh, a new character, especially one that's, you know, pretty iconic for a lot of people, especially my generation. So, um, yeah, it was an opportunity I jumped at and it was a very, very great experience and I'm excited for everybody to see the show. I was wondering with somebody else being on The Voice. I, I mentioned this to uh, Damian Priest back when we had him on ages ago. But I, I feel like you're another wrestler who would be really cool on voiceovers. <laughs> but any any, uh, any any future of that? Uh, have you done uh, that? Yeah, currently, I mean, we, uh, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League will be out uh, next year. Um, actually, I just recorded the other day, so I'm really excited about some of the new things that I can't tell you about that <laughs> they're adding into the game. But, uh, you know, yeah, so, uh, you know, that, that'll be coming out soon. And uh, a few other projects, but, uh, you know, I'm still under NDA right now, so I can't really talk about them. Understood. I know you mentioned before I asked you about old ROH matches and stuff like that. Do you have, like, favorite opponents in different places where you are over time of your career? Is there anybody that, like, you know, there are two or three that maybe stand out in different places you worked? It, it, there's, there's so many. Uh, you know, I, I obviously, you know, I think anytime me and AJ got into a ring, um, it's a, uh, it's very second nature to the both of us. Um, you know, and like I said, you know, Punk. Although we haven't been in the ring in years, it you know kind of didn't really feel like any time had passed at all. Um, you know, aside from that, you know, guys like Christopher Daniels. I mean, there's just the classic opponents that I've had over my career: Kurt Angle, uh, Lesnar, Reigns. I mean, there's. Um, there's a plethora of people that I've, I've had the ability to face and, um, you know, it's, it's always been fun in its own different ways. 
And just, I guess, looking forward, I know you seem like you're a very in-the-moment type of guy. Just kind of take what you have when, when, you, when you have it. But are there, what, what are the goals for you at this point in your career moving forward as, 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 as you move ahead? You know, obviously, we want to, you know, uh, especially with my time now in AEW and ROH, we want to help, uh, you know, build out the brand and the product and, uh, you know, attract more fans to it and, uh, you know, be able to, to travel to more places around the world and entertain those fans. Um, and, uh, you know, there's just more things uh, kind of on the way here and there. And uh, uh, hopefully I'll uh, be able to entertain you in those mediums also. <laughs> And, uh, you know, it's so important for, and I say this to so many people, like whether or not AEW or ROH is your thing or not, the health and the growth of that company is just so important for the industry. Like, obviously, they're off to a great start. But, you know, do you, do you kind of see that also? It's just, that, you know, it's it's so important to be there, like kind of on the ground floor of of sort of building a foundation there. Oh, incredibly important. And, you know, I've, I've been a part of this process a few times now. Um and, um, you know, to be a part of it again, you know, I've, I've always found great joy into, uh, into adding to whatever I'm involved with. And, uh, that's very much my goal here in AEW and ROH is to, you know, help add to what we've built and, uh, continue its expansion across the world. So we're going to move on to something we call the three count. Now it's going to be three quick questions and your answers. Uh, first one I had to, but what was your reaction the first time that you heard the Steiner math promo about you on impact wrestling? Oh, I was there for it live, and it was hilarious. I mean, I was standing on the other side of the camera dying laughing. And, um, you know, to, to Scott's credit, I think it was only a two-take go, and I think the first take was just because maybe PD broke because we were holding nobody was really expecting it. So, uh, yeah, it was hilarious. It still is. Yeah, I was I was very happy a few weeks ago. We had Braun Breaker on, and I was able to reference that to him also. Mm -hmm. so, always fun to bring that one up. But, uh, next question. You have a shirt that says uh, Joe, 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 and it's my friend Joe's favorite, I'm pretty sure, because he can mm -hmm. wear it. If you had to go by uh, any other name other than Joe, what would it be? Samoa, something else. You just have to pick something. What would you go with? Uh, ooh, tough one. Um, hmm. I think James, you know, kind of sounds a little bit regal. <laughs> nice. Samoa James. And then uh, last question, I was, you know, just doing the research on this. I realized you were the, I believe, the first championship to win a, ch a wrestler to win a championship in WWE and NXT, TNA Impact, AW, and ROH now. Um, to be that successful everywhere you've gone, I know, you know, championships mean different things to different people in wrestling, but just looking at your resume, it's just, it's incredible that you've had those kind of stops pretty much everywhere you've been. Do, do you ever, do you ever stop and think about that? And, and just, you know, what, what is it about Samoa Joe that's caused uh, that success literally everywhere? Uh, I don't think about it, man. Uh, it's, I, you know, really what I'm focused on is, uh, kind of what's next not what we've already done and i think yeah. uh, i think that's kind of important for everybody i think a lot of people can get hung up with themselves and their own legacy uh, i'm not super concerned with that i'm just concerned about uh you know what's the next cool thing we're going to do and where we're going to do it but you're consistent i think that <laughs> it seems like there's been a consistency over the course of your career people know what they you know what, what to always expect from you and there should be you know um you know there's an expectation and uh Try to go out there and uh, give uh, give the fans uh, consistently what they ask for. Very good. Well, Samoa Joe, thank you so much for joining me today on Under the Ring Pro Wrestling Conversations. Once again, we'll mention Ring of Honor, Death Before Dishonor, Trenton, New Jersey, Friday, July 21st. Uh, 
always nice to talk to you and thank you so much for being here absolutely pleasure all right thank you Thanks again, everyone, for joining me today on Under the Ring Pro Wrestling Conversations. I'd like to thank Samoa Joe for joining me today. I'd also like to thank John Schneider at All Elite Wrestling and Ring of Honor for the assist in getting this together. Always got something going on. Check me out on Twitter at Under the Ring for the latest guest announcements or even on threads in my alter ego, which is at PJ Strom. I'll pick one or the other, so we went with that. So I'll be filling everybody in on that one, too. Have a great week, everyone. Yeah.